Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Well, as we've discussed, I have a very low pulse, but this week <laughs> I felt my pulse quicken for the first time in a very long time. Oh, I thought you were going to say it actually like dropped further. into. No, into it quickened. And I was like, is this what hope feels like? Because I don't know about you, but I, it seems like the dominoes are starting to fall. But every time I've had that thought in the past... They don't fall. And so I'm encouraged and discouraged at the same time and like warring with myself. Isn't that the basically. ultimate state of nope, though? That's that's the definition of nope. That <laughs> war with our own souls. Okay, this is nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no. My sign is no. My number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, we have a technological breakthrough in keeping with the times as opposed to we've had a pretty high tech setup, right? We have, uh, we I usually mean, do this. I mean, complicated, yeah. <laughs> it, it was really complicated. It took me a lot of time to mix and master this. So we've actually um, de-technified this and just switched to Zoom and uh, like the rest of the world. So the sound may not be as good, but it's a hell of a lot easier for us. So, uh, so you'll take what you'll get and you'll like it. You'll like, you have no choice. It, this is amazing, actually. It's it's such a life hack. I can't believe we didn't do this earlier. What are it's, we doing? Well, it's nobody like, nobody even bothered with Zoom before the lockdown, but uh, I know. Now, now it's as good as we're ever going to be to getting together again. So uh, yeah, so we'll do what we can. Anyway, how is what what happened to you this week? Anything interesting? Um, yeah, it's crazy. So everything is like so unpredictable lately, and I've been trying to just like focus and read the signs. And the signs are all pointing <laughs> to like tarot magic... cards. <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was like a magic eight ball, like all signs point to yes. Well, it's kind of like that. You know, like it's this is all very unlike me. I studied biology. I'm not like a believer in mysticism or astrology or crystals. I'm a woman of science. But that said, I, I really do have to pay attention to what's going on. And here's what happened. So Josh and I have been watching a lot of movies on the Criterion channel, and it was my turn to pick the movie a few days ago. So I picked this old French film by the director Agnes Varda called Cleo from 5 to 7 from 1962. It's really interesting. And it starts with this scene where Cleo, who's this beautiful French ingenue, she's getting her tarot cards read. And then the following night, Josh picks a film and he picks this movie called Celine and Julie Go Boating from 1974. <laughs> Wait, you had, you had me at goes boating like, what? I, they don't Wait. go boating until the very end and i just kept saying when did they go boating it was like a Wait, three can and we half pause hour the recording because i gotta go watch celine celine dion go boating <laughs> but so so this film is from 1974 it's by a director called jacques rivette and uh it's it's the strangest and most compelling piece of cinema i've ever seen There's better than scene top gun <laughs> better than Top Gun. <laughs> Definitely. There's a scene where Celine and Julie read each other's tarot cards. So I'm like, okay, fine. Two French movies, both with tarot cards, whatever. But then the following night, I was no. reading this fabulous book of essays by a writer named Alexander Chi. It's called um, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel. Have you heard of it? It's amazing. No. no. Okay. Given anyway, that I will never write an autobiographical novel. That's a 
little but it's just that's just the title it's it's okay. really just like a book of essays and anyway so i get to an essay that's entirely about him and his relationship to tarot cards okay, okay? Wait, I, have to, I, I have a fundamental question here is it tarot cards or tarot cards i've always said tarot cards and i've only ever heard this is the first Am time i ever heard <laughs> I'm saying the word wrong. I don't even know how to say so. the word. I mean, I'm no French expert, linguist, but uh, so I've never heard anyone say tarot. I mean, maybe that's the French pronunciation, but he, I don't know. here, here I don't... in America, I think we say tarot cards. I've never said the word out loud. That's how outside of like this world I have been. But... So, you know, three nights in a row, that sealed it. It's like the rule of three, right? I, I felt like someone's trying to send me a message. So I went online and I ordered a pack of tarot cards. Did I say it better? <laughs> now, now? now you're committed. No, that's the same wrong way. Like, now you're committed. <laughs> now you got to lean into it. Just- okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Tomato, tomato. And um, I've begun my training via YouTube as a socially distant amateur Zoom tarot card reader <laughs> and i did my own reading today and i'll do one for you um next week so that we is amazing can guidance. we do it can yeah. we do it live on the pod sure yeah let's do it that sounds amazing that sounds amazing <laughs> well so that's yeah. what i've been up to yeah. how about you <laughs> well i uh i had an amazing weekend i did another little trip i did a road trip to the eastern shore of maryland to visit my Dear friend and college roommate, Adam Goodhart. Oh, Adam. Love Adam. Celebrated a very special decade birthday that shall remain unnamed, although anyone who knows me or us will know exactly which decade that is. Um, okay. And it was fantastic. We, uh, we got to eat at a uh, legal, uh, socially distant restaurant outside on the patio. I had shrimp and crab cakes and all the Maryland delights. It was wonderful um, until it came time to drive home. And uh, I really enjoyed the drive down. I forgot how nice it is to just like put on the radio. I have like XM Sirius 80s channel, roll down the windows. Um, but on the way back, the problem is that my screen on my iPhone stopped working. Like it was just non-responsive. And um, so, you know, I figured the, yeah, it sucks to not have email and text, you know, over, you can see that like the text that come up, but you can't do anything about it yeah i was texting you i was like is everything all right like, it's very you know? emasculating right like it's like you could see it but you can't touch it <laughs> um, it didn't want to be touched no it and, was like no right it's just no man no and i uh and the thing that gave me the heebie-jeebies is I realized I would have to drive home without ways. Now, this should not have been a problem. It is literally like two turns. Like you're on in Maryland, you take 301 to the effectively the Jersey Turnpike. You take the Jersey Turnpike to the Holland Tunnel and you don't turn again until you're in Manhattan. That's it. You'd think that would be easy. I'm having like a meltdown because I don't, I'm worried about how I'm going to go. And it's Sunday morning like during the lockdown, there's nobody on the roads. And I'm sitting there trying to like on Wi-Fi, trying to like download the maps, you know, ahead of time for Google Maps offline. And Why I'm do panicking. you always have to optimize? You I know, always have to I optimize. know. And Adam's like, I'll write out the directions for you. I'm like, what are you going to write? 301 to New Jersey Turnpike? Like, yeah. I know that, right? There was just something visceral. Like we're so conditioned for this. So anyway, I get in the car and I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, put on my big boy pants and I'm going to just drive uh, like I've been doing. And I've been driving the New Jersey Turnpike since I was in college. Like there's, you cannot go wrong. 
I was driving like a granny. I was like trembling the whole time. I'm like, is there going to be traffic? Exactly how many minutes are left to exit 7A? Like I had, it was absolutely, I was, I was in a cold sweat the entire time. I couldn't even turn on the radio because I felt like I needed to pay attention to the road so much. Because oh, basically, yeah. like, that's when, true. Because you you kind of get used to someone saying to you when you have to turn off, you could like kind of like right go on and, autopilot, right, and forget like the Holland Tunnel exit fourteen A through D yeah. and that whole schmagoo there. So um, anyway, it taught me a lot about our relationship with technology, which is that it's, it's true fucked up and addictive. It's a crutch. We're so we're so addicted to it. We and of course, I don't know how we survived for so long. Well, those big fold out maps, or you remember you'd go visit a friend like at night. And they're like, go to the Getty station. And if you hit the Toys R Us, you've gone too far. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd have directions written out and you would Or those huge fold-out and... maps. Oh, I mean, that God. wasn't that long ago. No, no. So, oh, we're monsters. I can't believe we live. <laughs> <laughs> take, me, take me back to the 80s. I'll, <laughs> I'll get by then. Or no, take me back to a week ago when my fucking phone worked. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> that was okay. a nope. But look, can we go back to the, the actual nopes, the nopes we have yeah. planned for today? Yeah, let's talk about the nopes. Um, so there's some uh, breaking news out of Spain this week, which was oh, really? uh, they were really hard surprising. hit by COVID. Is it, is it COVID related? No, no, it's actually um, it's death related. So like, <laughs> Wait, that's it's COVID related. Like, <laughs> well, it's a different form of death. Just when we <laughs> thought we'd uncovered all we're the dying different a thousand ways deaths someone could die. In Spain. <laughs> yeah, there here comes this guy named Nacho Vidal, who's an innovator in. Um, <laughs> Die how to in. kill somebody <laughs> so it's hard to explain what happened here there's a lot of moving parts so i'm just going to read this first sentence from a news article that was um from the afp which is a european newswire agence okay. french press press yeah. yes okay quote spanish porn star nacho vidal who likes to advertise his aromatic candles shaped like male genitalia on twitter has been arrested on manslaughter charges following a man's death during a mystic ritual in which he inhaled psychedelic toad venom. So what? That's a lot Wait, of- you got I gotta say it. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's a lot to process. Um, I, I just was like, this sentence keeps taking so many unpredictable turns. Like, I did not expect it was going to end with toad venom <laughs> right i mean it's a it's a classic murder for our ages i mean we've, uh, we've torn through all the 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 entire litany of perverse ways to kill someone we had you know it's hard to come up with something original it it is so i i give up my hat my hat is off to nacho <laughs> right. vidal but so the victim was identified as a fashion photographer named jose luis abad and this happened um, last summer, but and the police began investigating. Um, and so, like, what happens? It's this ritual, and it's based on the inhalation of this venom of a toad called the Bufo alvarius, which is a rare species which is native to the Sonoran Desert here okay. in the U.S. And um, the toad secretes a venom that contains a powerful natural psychedelic substance known as five. M-E-O-D-M-T, and its effects have been compared to ayahuasca. Right, well, wasn't that thing like in the 60s, like lick a frog? 
Like, wasn't like a that, frog. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That that's where that comes from. So right. These are the and frog so, lickers. They're still licking frogs in Spain. They're still they're still licking frogs. And so the ceremony took place at the country residence of this porn star. And um, his Twitter feed is full of ads for these 10 inch aromatic candles shaped like penises. Um, and they're available in three different colors, black, white and cerise. And all I have to say, <laughs> wait, what color is cerise? Is it like, I don't know. I need to like Google that. Do you mind if I Google that real quick? No, that's fine. And are there cerise penises? Like, <laughs> I will tell you. This is breaking news. This is live, live television. Cerise here. is a deep red. So oh, no. But no, they're probably not, unless it's very engorged. There's probably not a lot of cerise <laughs> penises. Okay, <laughs> family podcast, family podcast. So, <laughs> so my first reaction to this is like right now, especially, nobody wants Nacho Vidal's male genitalia candles. If anyone no. wants anything, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candles. That's right? right, or just some nachos. I'm dying for some nachos because you can or really only get nachos. them at a restaurant when they're hot. You can't do nachos at home or takeout. But like, I I think that um, I thought about this story. I thought about all the different things that have happened, and I think that Nacho Vidal is innocent because <laughs> how is he to know that this fashion photographer would be killed by the toad venom? Just because the ceremony took place in his house does not make him a murderer, right? No, he's an accomplice. He's, uh, he's aiding and abetting a frog, a toad criminal. <laughs> So I mean, it's I like if you if like if you own the bar, you're the bartender who overserves someone, and they go kill someone in the car. Like you're liable. It's that's if you true. if you throw the party where someone licks the toad and kills someone, or kills someone with a licked toad, like you're liable. But he didn't have malicious intent. I think we what Spain needs to do is legalize the toad venom so we could control the dosage. Because I'm all for these <laughs> psychedelic rituals. I so think you're saying it's too idea. much of a nanny state. You're saying. That- <laughs> Spain needs to loosen the reins of social control. (laughs) Worry less about the COVID quarantine. (laughs) Worry less about the (laughs) worry less about the toad venom and more about about the the quarantine. Yes, that's well put. Okay, is that the whole story, please? That's the whole story. (laughs) Okay, no, no, shut that down. Okay, (laughs) Um, can I stay in Europe for a moment? Sure. Or what used to be Europe, because it's the United Kingdom, which is somewhere between being in Europe and not being in Europe. So this is a story, I'm, I'm going to turn serious for a second, about the um, British like neo-fascist group called National Action. And they were responsible, if you remember, in 2016 for the murder of the Labour MP, Joe Cox. Oh after my God, which, that was terrible. Yeah, and after that, they were designated a terrorist organization who were virulent, vir- virulently racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic. And this week, they um, nabbed and you know arrested and sentenced four young people for being members. Um, and they had been meeting to discuss race wars, and they were showing shocking images of concentration camps. And you look at the pictures of them like their mugshots and their garden-variety scumbags. But one of these scumbags stood out as sort of one of these things is not like the others, right? This was young Miss Alice Cutter, age 24. And upon further research, she is a beauty queen. She, um, a beauty queen. Yes, she's a beauty queen. And she, um, she enters beauty pageants. But there's only one problem is that the beauty pageant she entered is um, Miss Hitler 
pageant. Wait, so you're telling me that Miss Hitler was in a neo-Nazi group? <laughs> I know no that's shit. shocking. No, it gets better. Um, she went under the 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 nom de plume of Miss Buchenwald. <laughs> that's the name of a concentration camp <laughs> yes, for those sorry. of you who don't which we know. should not be laughing at. But in this context, it is ridiculous. So she competed for the Miss Hitler title as Miss Buchenwald. I can only believe that she didn't win. And all of the articles that were this week about this, they they buried the lead, first of all. That was like in the last paragraph, when in fact it's the only interesting thing about this story, right? She was in the Miss Hitler context, which begs the question, what the fuck is a Miss Hitler beauty pageant, right? Right. So, Where is it broadcast? And how is like <laughs> who has the really broadcast take, right? Like, is it on MI5 like to investigate <laughs> that like Miss Hitler was part of a neo-Nazi group? Like, I don't understand. Well, I could I, work for them. Well, believe it or not, I mean I Googled it, but I had to like Google it like three different times and three different ways to find out what the hell Miss Hitler was. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I needed the story behind the story. Yeah, and, thank you. I'm glad you did this research because I have a lot of questions about Miss Hitler. <laughs> so the Miss Hitler pageant was launched. It has a esteemed history going back to 2014 where it was launched in Russia, but it was sort of real and it was sort of just a meme that passed around. But then in 2020, just this year, it came back for real. And this is now a real pay pageant backed by popular demand. And the details are scarce because there are some articles describing it with some of the collateral promotional material for it. And there are links to the actual page for it. And I think there's a Facebook page for it. So fuck you, Facebook, for yet another reason. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Oh, I seriously. can't say that for sure. But it, it looked like that. Hard to say. Um, but uh, this is what I could glean about this. So there's a page full of like Russian troll ads that are like you know, designed in Microsoft Paint with like misspellings and stuff. And there's pictures. It says Miss Hitler 2020 contest. <laughs> Apply one slash three picture genuine of you inspired by Hitler. <laughs> Choose nickname, which I guess in her case was Miss Buchenwald. Um, write few words, R-I-G-H-T. Write few words. So it's easy. All you have to do is send one to three pictures inspired by Hitler, choose a nickname, any concentration camp will do, and then write a few words about it. A few words. Okay. And you don't even have to be spelled correctly. (laughs) What would those words be? To which I say, do you remember in the 1980s when our national hero, Vanessa Williams, was Miss America or Miss USA. Vanessa Williams is a great singer. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Ugly called? Betty. She's a yeah, great actress. Save the, be- save the Best for Last. Great yes. singer, right? Um, and then she was Miss America, and then she had like a topless picture in Playboy, and she was stripped of her crown. It was a huge scandal. Oh, it my was, like, God. The scandal like- of the year. It was like, you know, in the early 80s. And this has come to this. Like now we, we had like a scandalously topless Miss America. And now we've got fucking Miss Hitler. Miss Hitler. <laughs> well done, world. You've come a long way. Does she have to give up her crown? <laughs> what does she have to give up? Her mustache. <laughs> her mustache. <laughs> okay. I don't have anything else to add to this. Can right. we shut it down? Yeah. Shut it down. Uh, no. no. Oh, okay. not. Okay. okay. Um. I want to talk about uh, media chaos. It's been 
a crazy week of reckoning for traditional media companies and um, editors are dropping like flies. It's and it's long overdue, really, when you think about it. And it's kind of just like racist, misogynist. If you're at the top of the masthead at so a media step company, away, step away from the microphone. Step like. away. <laughs> you are on notice. Like just. Just go. Um, pack your knives and go. Um, so here's a few examples. Um, this one is not uh, about racism necessarily, but but it does have um, some issues. So James Bennett, the uh, opinion editor of The New York Times, resigned after it was revealed that um, not only did his section run an op-ed by uh, Republican Senator Tom Cotton that called for the use of military force against American citizens who were protesting, um, the title of the piece was Send in the Troops, but um, it was which also they, which based... They, which they then amended to Tom Cotton, colon, Send in the Send Troops. In the troops. <laughs> right, because that makes a Huge better. difference. <laughs> um, but the, the problem was that it was based on a factually incorrect argument and um, it was later revealed that James Bennett, the editor of the opinion section, who has since resigned, hadn't even read the piece before it was published. Right. Classic so, cases of you have one job. Read your fucking <laughs> page that you're the editor of, especially seriously. when you're going to publish an incendiary op-ed like, you know, do the do the work. Do the work, right? So there, so this piece comes out. There's an uproar. The New York Times, well justified with like thousand employees writing a letter saying they felt it was inappropriate, tweeting that it made um, Black employees of the Times feel unsafe at work. And um, the the factually incorrect part of it was that um, he says that Antifa was behind the protest, which was totally unverified. The police board, the brunt of the violence, also unverified. And he misquoted the Constitution. So that that is a problem. That's, that's, uh, that's easily fact-checkable. Yes. So it was I mean, not fully fact checked. So, you know, like my first reaction was like, oh, well, you know, sometimes like the Times has to allow an opposing viewpoint. And I'm all for that. But that's, if you're what, that's run why a we piece, have that's why we have Brett Stevens. Right. 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 Like, like at that. least read it. At least read it. <laughs> that is like the bare minimum that you can do. So. Um, I, I'm mystified as to how like the editor didn't get around to reading this, but let me move on. So um, he's not the only one who resigned. The Bon Appetit editor resigned. Um, so By the way, Adam your, Rapp- your French produ- pronunciation there was correct. <laughs> the, the bon Appetit avec tarot. <laughs> tarot root. <laughs> tarot. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Bon Appetit's longtime editor-in-chief, Adam Rappaport, resigned on Monday after a photo of him in brownface from 16 years ago was circulating on social media. And the photo um, wasn't so much the problem, it's what it led to, which was a groundswell of staffers speaking up about the racism they experienced working for Adam Rappaport. And it's pretty fucking outrageous. I'm just going to tell you one example. So he had a black assistant named Ryan Walker Hartshorn, who graduated from Stanford, had been working there for over two years. She was making $35,000 a year, which is not something you can live on in New York. like poverty wages in New York. Yeah. And um, she was asked to do all sorts of things for Adam Rappaport that fell outside of her job description, like to clean his golf clubs and to teach his wife how to use Google Calendar. Who doesn't know how to use Google Calendar? 
it's the most like self-explanatory piece of web software ever yes. created. Yes. Okay? Next next lesson, Gmail. So, and then this was the worst, this was the kicker on this uh, Business Insider article. So when she was um, heading over to Joe and the Juice to pick up coffee for Adam, um, she asked him, how, how do you take your coffee? And he said, I don't know, like Rihanna, which is like... Does that mean black? Like, like her skin tone. Oh, like, oh, I see. Like the mocha... I don't know. I'm going to get myself in trouble too. I don't know what Rihanna's exact color is, but I guess that's what he meant. But it's offensive. Okay. It's offensive. So anyway, goodbye, Adam Rappaport. Adam Rappaport. Like, okay. Goodbye. Okay. okay. And then you, jotted, the, you jotted down this whole list here. Let's accelerate so, through them. <laughs> so the Refinery29 CEO stepped down because of complaints of pay disparities between white employees and people of color. Um, the Philadelphia Inquirer executive editor Stan Wishkanowski resigned after a headline that said "Buildings Matter Too," which is um, appalling. So um, even even Bravo is firing people. This oh week. yeah, the, like the whole cast of Vanderpump Rules, right? Like Stassi Schroeder and Kristen, whatever her name is, they they Cavalier. got fired. No. No, <laughs> Kristen Dute or something. Yeah, Dute? Yeah. yeah. No one wants to hear um, about that. <laughs> no, because they like called the police on a former castmate for committing a robbery that she had nothing to do with. Oh, okay. That's very Karen of them. Very. I mean, they are Karens. They are. Yeah. So I wonder who's next. Ramona? I don't know. Yeah, could be. Could be. Meanwhile, know. Chris Cuomo is strutting around naked in his behind a live webcast of a yoga class or something right Isn't that- i know i know our finest living journalist slash covid survivor he's like you know naked in the hamptons in his wife's instagram live yoga video but like i feel like why talk not? about talk about a privileged sentence <laughs> strutting around naked in the hamptons in the background of his wife's instagram live yoga lesson so like <laughs> You know what? He's just trying to live his best life. He's survived COVID, you know, and Alison Roman striked again. And oh, God, we're talking about this. her again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was Twitter shamed by this journalist named Yashar Ali for wearing what he said was a culturally insensitive Halloween costume in 2008. Um, and the costume was of, wait for it. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. She's a white Jew. <laughs> so, Alison. Like, I don't even. I was so mystified by this. Alison's. Wait, if anyone who should be shamed, it's Amy Winehouse for imitating a black soul singer. Yeah, exactly. But so, Alison, I don't know. I feel like she's just like ready to apologize for anything so she just like apologizes and says like she understands she's so, so embarrassed about the photo and she understands how it could be read wrong and i'm just like calm oh, down like go, everyone no, needs to calm and, down go back in your hole go back in your hole so go i don't back know this in your is hole. Inter- but these other things are different these other things i talked about at the media companies are different but i had to no i know it's a very it was a great public service to that uh, my takeaways from this this is that it's really uh like a dichotomy on the one hand this is the the overdue comeuppance for all kinds of questionable characters and bad practices both personal and corporate in the media world that's great on the other hand like media 
everyone is out to get you. Journalism is dying. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Like, I know. Like, right. Like end the trickle. This is like the classic PR thing. Like get ahead of the crisis. Get ahead of the news. So find these people. Get them out. Fix the policies. Fix the people. And then let's just like get on with rebuilding the world of journalism and media. Because if there's just this trickle, trickle, trickle of these little scandals, we're gone. It's a snake eating its own tail. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> not the metaphor I would have picked, but can I just say nope? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Goodbye to all these people. I hope it brings some much needed overdue changes. Okay. Okay. So, um, we got some interesting news this week is that we got the um, report. We, I guess we now get it of the president's, I shouldn't call him that, the shithead's uh, annual physical, which you remember there's always debate about whether he's going to release it and whether it's truthful and all of that. So I don't know what to make of this. So I'm just going to give you the data because I'm a person of science. Here's the data. He is 244 pounds. He is probably 300 pounds. He stands six feet, three inches. I believe that has a blood pressure of 121 over 79, which is not possible because that's my blood pressure. And like, that's normal. There's no way that that's the case. And he has a resting heart rate of 63 beats per minute, which is low, right? low. Yeah, that's it's like- very, that's, that's too low. Right. I mean, as with your low heart rate, he should technically be dead with that. Yeah, no, and he's like rate. a rage, he's like a rageaholic. So yeah, like, there's no Yeah, way. I mean, there's always like, his veins are always like, you know, throbbing and like, I can't imagine <laughs> that, that he's got low blood pressure and a low heart rate. Um, anyway, this, this calls back to um, uh, something we talked about. We've, we've talked about in some variety over the last few weeks, which is the soundtrack that he uses when he goes on public events, whether it's a rally or a visit. In this case, it was to the Honeywell factory. And we'd spent weeks talking about the Laura Branigan song and the Umberto Tozzi original of Gloria, which was strangely on that playlist. And another song that we talked about last week that's strangely on that p- playlist is uh, Macho Man by the Village yeah. People, which he not only he embraces, but has also become sort of an anthem of the gunslinging anti, anti-lockdown people, like the people marching in Lansing, Michigan. Um, so right, and they know, played it at that at the uh, space shuttle launch. They the played it, that's right, launch. yeah. They played yeah. it at the space shuttle launch, right? So this song was after we played it last week, got stuck in my head, and it served as the inspiration for the newest feature here at Nope. We've done little theme months before. We remember we did the No Trump December a couple of years back. So um, Rachel, whether you everyone like remembers it, that, <laughs> how can anyone forget? <laughs> I barely remember. <laughs> the the historians of Nope, the archivist, will in the Library of Congress will surface that famous December 2018 or whatever it was. A wonderful December. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, to that note, whether you like it or not, I am going to introduce the Nope Summer Music Series, where each week or whenever I feel like it, we're going to... Uh, both glorify and break down an amazing musical moment from summer's past. Um, This is like the Today Show summer music series, except with 
no TV nope. and very little music and more nope. Okay, so the first uh, the first one we're going to do is Macho Man, of course. Um, no, and so- we're bringing to bear our like estimable out like analytic powers. That's to, right. To and I'm actually guy. I'm actually as you know a pop music freak. Like I like you'll hear half of this from Wikipedia. I, I spend half my time in Wikipedia, like looking up pop songs and seeing what the story is. Yeah. So this is a natural way for me to get out of doing any real research. It's a delight. Yeah. So anyway, here's some quick background on the song Macho Man, of course, by the village people. And I don't even have to describe who they are because you know who they are. So this is one of the signature songs of theirs. This is this and YMCA that everybody knows. And it's like a party song and a stadium song. It's from 1978. But what's interesting is it only peaked at number 25. So it was never a big hit. Um, And yet it lives on as one of the great classics of our time. Um, The video, interestingly, is cannot be found online. There was a video made. But for some reason, it has been ripped from the annals of musical history. Um, I'll continue to try to find a pirated copy. But what I did find out is that when advertising for extras in the video, they, uh, they did a call for macho types wanted, must dance, and have a mustache. So, Miss <laughs> <so, laughs> <in>, Hitler. <laughs> Look no further than the Miss Hitler competition. In, in 1978, that was basically everyone, right? It's just that you were, you were everyone danced. It doesn't say you have to do dance well. And I couldn't find <laughs> a video. Everyone had a mustache. Everyone danced. <laughs> That's the Venn diagram of dancing people and mustaches completely overlapped. <laughs> In 1978, was it? It, it was the like Mercury was in retrograde. It was like an eclipse. The sun and the moon aligned. <laughs> so I can't find the video. The only thing I could find is that when they performed on the Jerry Lewis telethon and the um, uh, muscular dystrophy, and there's a huge uh, debate raging in the in the comments about on the one hand how terrible they were, on the other hand, look they were doing good for muscular dystrophy. So I take no position in that debate. I'm just here to present the facts. Um, however, in the absence of a video, I think all we can do is return to the source material, the original text, the primary source. And uh, I would like to uh, to explore the lyrics of this. And I would like you and I together to do a dramatic reading. I provided you with the text there. Okay. Um, okay and got uh, it. as you, at listeners, as you are hearing this, please imagine this as sung by Donald Trump because it's one of his signature songs. And uh, I won't do an imitation because I can't, but just imagine, imagine the sort of atmospherically surrounding him, the essence of his being. Okay, here we go. First Can one. I do my, my impression of him? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, by all means. <laughs> okay, you okay. do the first line. Okay, go. Body, body, wanna feel my body. <laughs> body, body, such a thrill, my body. Body, wanna touch my body. Gina, buddy, body, <laughs> it's too much, my body. Body, check it out, my body, body. Baby, don't you doubt my body. Body talking about my body, body. Baby, check it out, my body. (laughs) Baby, don't you (laughs) doubt my body. (laughs) Doubt that he has a body. (laughs) Okay. That's the end of... (laughs) That's the end. It's like body the and then baby, like alternating. I don't it was, know. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, the, and yet the royalties for that lyricist are probably like he's a billionaire. 
Okay. okay, so um, the story does not end there because as I am wont to do, that sent me down a Wikipedia rabbit hole towards um, the, uh, so their career sort of petered out after that because village people, they were disco, they had the whole disco sucks thing. And by 1980, disco was dead, right? And yet yeah. that did not stop them from making a village people biopic. And yes. probably most of our listeners are too young to remember or too wise to have paid attention to this mu- movie called Can't Stop the Music. Um, as you can imagine, given that it came after the peak of disco, it was not a success. It cost $20 million to make, which was a lot back then, and it brought in $2 million. So it that's had a, bomb. a yes, that's a <laughs> it was a lost bomb. 90% of its money. Um, but it was a critical success. It has a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever effort. seen. <laughs> you have hard to get a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and it uh, it centers around a bar, like a dance club. I I can't even get into the plot. I was going to watch it, but I couldn't bear to waste the time on it. The bar is called Saddle Tramps, um, <laughs> and it's got an all star cast. It stars Steve Gutenberg, perhaps one of his first roles. Steve Gutenberg, oh. our great actor from the 80s, and uh, Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, um, my goodness. Who was fre- fresh off the gold Olympics stardom. He was a hot property back then. Um, and they tried to get Olivia Newton-John on the heels of Greece, but somehow she, she chose to... She was busy. It, it, was hard, it was a hard pass from her. <laughs> and, it, and it was directed by Nancy Walker, who, if the name isn't familiar, she's the bounty lady. Remember the bounty, the quicker fixer, picker upper. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Not, I mean, she's a, like a, I don't know, like a vaudeville comedian. <laughs> she directed Can't Stop the Music. So it was described in, uh, in the press uh, as singing in the rain for the disco crowd, which is an overstatement. And also by 1980, there was no disco crowd. <clears throat> and um, when, they were asked. That was produce- like the pitch to the studio yes, executives. Yes. Imagine like- <laughs> singing in the rain, but, <laughs> but for, for the, the disco. disco and they're like doing coke off the table. They're like, do it. <laughs> 20 like million. Here- great, great, great. <laughs> Here you go. Here's $20 million. <laughs> See if you can make two. <laughs> and when asked why EMI, which we made it, was making the film about disco after Saturday Night Fever was such a hit and had come and gone. The producer said, I hope it's different. This film breaks new ground. Like the ground of a grave, of a cemetery yeah. grave. So, oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's everything I have about Macho Man. And Well, I, I do have something to ask you about Macho Man. Because, I mean, I'm not like a, a musical historian. Like, I'll be the first to admit <laughs> that. But, like, as we're reading these lyrics, I kept thinking, like, this song is told from the perspective of a man who like wants other men to be checking him out. Yeah, I mean, right? all of these are gay anthems, right? Yeah. And so this is um, like all of these MAGA people who are so like anti LGBT rights and like are waving their fucking Confederate flags are singing a song that is told from the perspective of a gay man wanting another man. Oh, to they also sing body. YMCA, which is about YMCA, a gay bathhouse, Yeah, so I just, I just had to like just address that because I don't think we really delved into the lyrics last week. And I think it's just an interesting peculiarity of this time. Right. Well, hate the, can't, hate, hate the player, not the 
game. Well, okay, the they song. hate the game, but not the player, <laughs> not the song. I don't know what I mean. Nope, nope to nope. the whole thing. But um, respect to Macho Man, but nope to the whole freaking thing. I'll, I'll come up with a better the one. <laughs> stop the music. Please stop the music. I'll come up with a better one for next week's uh, summer music series here on Nope. Are you ready for some yups, Rach? I am ready for some Okay, yups. these are the yes. little rays of light, the little one. beacons of hope that got us through the week. Go ahead, since you have a good one. My yup goes to Janiqua Charles, who's a 27-year-old black woman from South Carolina who spontaneously wrote the song of the summer, and it is called Lose Yo Job. Um, what happened was she was detained by a security guard outside of a strip club, and a video of the encounter went viral, as these things go. And then these well-known DJs looped it to a trap beat, and voila, there you have it. It is available on every streaming platform, and it has already been played at many protests. But the real yup to the whole thing is this. So Janiqua had struggled with um, homelessness and addiction, and she was on the streets when this happened. And her sister, Andrea, set up a GoFundMe for her. And I went to the page to donate, but it was already closed because Andrea hit her goal of $50,000, which will pay for Janiqua to get treatment and get back on her feet. And uh, she's also looking into royalties from the DJs who remixed the song. So um, we've got a clip of it. And uh, yup to you. It's uh, yup to you, Janiqua. This is just a fabulous song, and I can't get it out of my head. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Get this dance. You about to lose your job because you are detaining me for nothing. You about to lose your job. Wow, she should join a uh, TikTok house in L.A. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Taylor Lorenz writing about. Um, talented. Okay. She's very talented. So um, my yup goes to uh, Gray Skittles. Um, and this has to do with the fact that we've all forgotten. I think that uh, June is Gay Pride Month, LGBTQ Pride Month, A+. Um, and, uh, but it's very hard to celebrate something like that, even though it's, it's also a civil rights struggle because there's so many revolutionary uh, things going on right now. And I've also been critical of corporations that out of nowhere sort of symbolically fly a token rainbow flag in their window during June, uh, just because gays have a lot of spending power and they sort of pander when it's convenient. However, Gray Skittles is really putting its money where its Skittles mouth is, is that they are, this is not all the Skittles, but a limited run of Skittles are going to be all gray, except there's going to be like one rainbow Skittle in it. Um, which I think is lovely in a world of gray. At least there's a little that's rainbow. Really, that's a beautiful idea. I wonder yeah. who thought of that. That's really smart. I don't know, like the one gay person who works at M&M Mars or whoever makes them, probably. Skittles are disgusting, but I think that, that would be very cool. <laughs> I want gray Starburst. That would be good. Gray Twizzlers. Gray, I don't know. Gray candy's not good. But that's why they're doing it. Gray is terrible, and then you have a rainbow, and it's a delight. Yes, yes, that's the whole point. Okay, Okay. that wraps up our yup, but you have a little public service announcement, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, you can always follow us on Twitter. We always say that at the end of the podcast. I'm at Rachel D and Brian's at Brian Hecht. But um, this week we both joined a new social media platform called Good Pods. It's this uh, new app where you can follow your friends and influencers ranging from Gwyneth Paltrow to Malcolm Gladwell, and you could see what podcast they're listening to. How about Nacho... 
Figaro, Nacho, <laughs> Nacho Vidal, the, yeah. the Spanish. Does he have a podcast on Good Pods? Uh, well, I think he's being detained right now, so I don't know if he could continue. <laughs> so his it's on podcast. hiatus. <laughs> um, yeah, but so if if you're like me and you spend too much time scrolling around and you want to figure out what other people are listening to, um, friends, influencers, whatever, this is a good solution. So download Good Pods and follow me and Brian at the same handles that we are on on, on Twitter. Rachel Just D type and in, Brian. Type in Nope. Yeah, and um, if you. If you do, it'll be helping us too, because then we will go up in the ratings on the, we'll get suggested more, presumably, on good pods, and then that'll help us, and we all help each other. And this is yes. my this is my friend JJ Ramberg, who's been a very successful entrepreneur and TV host who's running this, so you should support it just for its own sake anyway. Right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe on Good Pods and everywhere else. Thank you for listening. It's been a terrible week, but a fun podcast to record. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got